It was a good night, man. Yeah. Good vibes. It was. Uh, listen, I've got a question for you. Uh, I think he, this question goes for Laden as well, if he wants to jump on. What is it so special about football before we properly start? Like, what's so special about it? I'm still trying to understand to this day. Yeah. And I'm kind I think, like, football can be quite, for like, it's a difficult thing to, to sell to people who don't live it day by day. Because on the surface, it just looks like 22 men in shorts kicking a ball about. And it just seems a bit, I don't know, like primitive almost. And you think like, why do people get so passionate? Mm-hmm. But I think for me, like football, it's not just about the sport. It's about everything that's around it. Mm-hmm. It's like so many cultures have played football. So many countries play football. Like it's like a, a relational thing you can, you can share with other humans. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's also like a sport that you can play anywhere. Like you go to a park, all you need is you can, you can even take like newspaper, make it into a ball and kick it about, mm. or two jumpers to make a goal. That's all you need. Whereas like tennis, you need a racket, you need a court. It's not accessible to everyone. Whereas football, mate, you can yeah. play in, in, you can play in the desert if you What's want. What's that other sport called? Football as well. Is it football? Football. Football. Is that the one like in the gym? No, no, it's this like, with, with like a little ball thing. Like, you know what uh, I'm talking about? No. No, not that. No, that's like table yeah, football, yeah. No, I don't football. know. But yeah, but like literally, you can just play football wherever you want. So I think. But that's don't you think it's overrated though? Mm. Like considering how much the players like earn, how much they get paid. Yeah, and then obviously how much mm. the clubs make in general. Like I just feel like it just. I feel like, yeah, yeah I feel like football's definitely yeah. been overtaken by greed and like mm. a need to to sell products on the side because like footballers don't get paid for how much how good they are on the pitch, they get paid for how marketable they are and how much, yeah. how many products, how many boots can they sell? How many shirts can they sell? Like Ronaldo gets sponsored for literally with like chewing gum or he sells like deodorant. Mm. It's not so much about, yeah, he scores goals and he's on it. But he brings the audience with him. Like yeah. regardless of what club he's part of, he's a product. He's got, he's got fans that follow him. Watched, yeah. um, I watched, 100%. I, got a I watched a video earlier today um, and it talks about something circus. I can't remember what it's called. But essentially what it is, is the reason why the circus gets paid so much and has so much money flowing through it is because the more the people go to the circus, the less questions they ask of the emperor as to what he's doing. Mm. It's entertainment. Do you think there's so much? There's too much money being put into movies? No, because everything is paid for. Like Avatar needs to make two billion to make break even. Mm. Some people think that's too much, but if you watch the movie, like, oh, they forget about it once they watch the movie because it's entertainment. Yeah, that's why that's how footballers get paid so much, mm. and they talk about how um at the end the, the NBA and the the WNBA and how women don't get paid as much, but a comedian I saw recently his response to that is entertain us like the men's entertain us and then you get the paid same. Mm. Get the man because like men and women go watch the NBA. Majority only women go watch the WNBA, and yeah. even then they don't support them. Yeah, bring them bring the same amount of people in the stadiums, and we could talk about. Getting paid the yeah, same. No, it's true. There's not pretty mm. not. But you know what I'm fascinated? I'm fascinated with the fans of football. Yeah. Like, I find I don't know, just like obviously there's all kinds of different people and all different kinds of fans as well. But even like to the point where it's almost so stereotypical where like if that club is losing, they go like, Oh yeah, I knew this player shouldn't have been on anyways, mm-hmm. or I knew this shouldn't shouldn't have happened. Oh, we need a manager or mm-hmm. they talk about it like it's like they're part of the team. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's almost like a religion to some people. Like Yeah, I mean like you you can watch videos of like fans in Argentina, like right now during the World Cup and like I was in Argentina in January traveling and the amount of love for football, like Maradona who died, I don't know, a year ago, who's like this big Argentinian football player. And it's literally every wall is just this guy plastered all over. And people, you know, when he died, it was during COVID and the main square, like the Trafalgar Square, mm. I can't remember what it's called. Thousands of people during That's lockdown. Insane. And I think with football, like you talk about people say, like if you're watching the game, you're like, Oh, I would have done better than now. I know exactly what the answer is. I think that's because football is like a relational sport. So you see yourself, like most people have played football before, you know, and a lot of people play regularly or, or watch regularly. And I think it's, you're basically, you're playing, those players are playing for you. They're playing for your team, for your city. That's what football used to be anyway. Mm. And so you feel like you've got almost like a, a shareholder. Like you feel yeah, you've got yeah, like yeah. money. So you're like, well, I paid a ticket, you know, like I, 
I pay your salary so I can tell you what to do. And yeah, it's a, it's quite a weird thing to hear, but I'm I'm guilty of it as well, even yeah. though I'm terrible at football. But I'll be like, oh mate, I would have scored that. That's an interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, I saw this meme. Yeah, it made me laugh. Yeah, and it said we need to get professional athletes to go to regular people's jobs and tell them, "Boo, you're packing the food too slow." Yeah. Boo, <laughs> you know, like because yeah. people would be like, yeah. "Oh, you're running too slow." So, like that'd be funny. Like I'd right. love to see that. The thing, I, I, think, yeah. I think the community when it comes to football is the, is the community that is the biggest sport in the world. Mm-hmm. Compare the World Cup, which is the biggest uh, competition. In is football the biggest sport in the world? Yeah. And I say this is based on a metric of how many people go to attend certain competitions. Mm. The World Cup is the is the biggest competition in, in in football. The Super Bowl is the next greatest competition, and it is nowhere fucking near the World Cup. Yeah, like insane, nowhere near. Qatar are spending, I think, like ten or fifteen times the amount of money uh, I think Brazil spent in twenty fourteen, or mm. Russia spent twenty eighteen to host that World Cup because they know they're making that return no problem. Yeah. And the reason why is because of the community that it creates. Mm. Like yeah, yeah. a lot of communities that we have right now, the foundations are something very, very, very simple. Sometimes it's um like this amazing example, the podcast. The foundation of this podcast is having a conversation. Mm. The simplest thing in the world. Just people have been doing this since the caveman times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The simplest mm. thing in the world, having a conversation. Nobody does it like us though. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing, is is it doesn't matter about the <laughs> I just I was doing the Donald Trump line, you know. But like nobody the, understands women better than me. Nobody grabs either. Um but like yeah, this this podcast foundation is 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 having a conversation, which is the mm. simplest thing in the world. We all do it. Assuming we can talk. Um, yeah, but our goal is to build a community, mm-hmm. and five, ten years from now, at that point, we would have such a big community that everyone loves to conv- conversing and, and and having fun together and doing great mm. things together. Whatever. But the foundation is just having a conversation. Now, apply that to football, apply that to every single other community in the world. The foundations are something so simple: kicking a ball, kicking a spheric object. World War Two. Do you know the World War Two story? The Germans, yeah, and, German, yeah. the Germans and the English, English were battling for fucking years. And then on Christmas Day, they just broke out of football, started playing football against each other. They weren't mm. kicking the ball and shooting people in the face. No, they were just kicking the ball into the net. Shooting that game meant kicking the ball into the net and not but getting someone's head. Isn't there something a bit more like, oh, would I say primal? Isn't there like an element of like, it's still like, especially with the World Cup, it's mm. kind of like World War in in a, in a sense. Yeah, it's a like nationalism, well, like patriotism yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's, it's and I mean, to, to the point where some, there'll, yeah. there'll be hooligans who will, you know, maybe not in Qatar, but. Yeah, no. I did, um, so that's, that's a fascinating thing. And I love, like, I'm more engaging in this conversation because I'm a big passionate football fan. Should have never um, brought it up. Yeah, man. <laughs> when that's I, um, when I went to Old Trafford, um, the stadium for Man United, um, that was my first experience of having like an actual, not first, but my first football experience watching football live. And it was just a random European league game, competition, whatever. But the people I saw there, people were dedicating their entire lives to this football team. Mm. That people, there's people living on the street because the way, the way, the, 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 where Old Trafford is located is like, it's on the middle of, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's not like London Stadium where there's like a whole park built around it. No, it's like a street. The hotel I was, the, the Airbnb I was staying at was like, less than a five minute walk from the stadium. So people are dedicated their entire lives to this team and it mm. gives them purpose. Yeah. And is is not, has not like a lot of people like, like maybe Leo had, had you had this mindset once upon a time, but it's nothing to do with kicking a ball. Nothing to do with that. That's just mm. the fun. That's just the glue. When I, when I build a house, no one cares about the cement. It's about the community really. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No one cares mm. about the cement I used to build a house. No one cares about the bricks. No one cares about, we all care about what's inside or what happens. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, the football thing is serving us right now. Like we're having the conversation about it's it. In first yeah, place, yeah. You know, yeah, it's really, relational, man. On yeah. yeah, but don't you feel like people are? Sl- I'm not, and and don't t- don't take me out of context, please. But I've just I've just <laughs> had this realization now. But like, don't you think like people are slightly victims to the whole following the football? For example, that like, so one what I mean by that is that they could have put the energy and effort into something better. Mm. Than just following football all the time. I'm, you know, not to say if that happened, and that's completely fine. I'm not against yeah. that. You know, if, if that's what makes them happy. But then, is there a possibility they could have invested that time into something more productive that would add more value to the life than just the football itself? Yeah, I th- yeah, it's it's a hard one. I think because I think when football first began, like initially, it was a do- I think it was invented in like public schools, like mm. by sort of. It was in America. America were the first first people to. 
that's invented the sport football. Yeah, America invented the whole world. Yeah, exactly. But point. yeah, but so I think it was sort of yeah, and wherever it's created, I think it was more in this sort of public school, pri- uh, yeah, private school, let's say, environment. And I think it was quickly adopted, but especially in England, like adopted by working class mm. people who I think you know were working in factories and mines and you know like lots a lot of teams source their origins in those like docks like West Ham for example is very mm. much like within the docks I think and so I think with football when we say investing too much time I think it was like every game was on a Saturday or on a Sunday like on the weekend basically and and you would work five to six days a week you know they, they weren't working like we work today they were working like 16 hour shifts you yeah, know go home crazy. you sleep like four and the Saturday was like your one time to be with your mates, like watch a game. Smash like, some bottles. Smash some bowls. <laughs> watch some guys smash some legs. Beat some people up. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it turned like for sure, like, you know, I think it was a way also for people to, you know, to channel their aggression. Yeah, that Green Street movie was amazing. Like Green Street, yeah, yeah. Football Factory, Danny yeah. Dyer, that's also a good one. But yeah, so I think when you say, oh, do people spend too much time and they could do something productive? I think... Yes, now, if they're watching football, like, as a consumer product, like, if you're just watching it, and if you're just streaming, and you're just, you know, researching all the data, and, and then then maybe, I felt, yeah, you could spend, you could use your time better. Yeah. But I think if you do go to the game on the weekend, and you've got mates, and you, and you, and you build that community that the Aladdin and stuff was talking about, then, then I think you are doing mm. a good thing. Because I realised, like, well, secretly... It, it became a thing of like it's for people it's a chance for people to get together and watch yeah. it but secretly they want to hang out yeah, it's not 100%. even about the football it's just they think that it's about the football but secretly it's about something else I mean 100% it's like, uh, it's like some people go to the barbershop right or some mm. people go to the pub and on Saturday like I went to watch Sutton United versus Colchester for no reason just random, just like random, random. League 2 mate I never, I never even heard of these teams mate, in my life. League 2 it's like 4th division I just went because I was like I want to watch some football live yeah. it's like an hour from my house and I went with my girlfriend but I feel bad for her but it was mad cold but anyway and we got to the stadium and no one was actually watching the game you know like some people were watching the game but you could tell the men were there to just chat right. and like the club was people were you know obviously people watching the game but you could really tell that the, the like you're talking about the the first reason people were there were just to chat yeah, and yeah. be with your mates and, and it was cool man and it was a good experience and yeah. yeah f- I think f- f- the actual football game is a catalyst to bring people together. Yeah, yeah. One, of the things that, one of the things I really love about football and It's an expensive way to come together though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it cost me 20 quid mate. Yeah, yeah some sort of things are 20 quid for a two yeah. League 2 game. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. So, so, so just been go, go on, make a point. I just wanted yeah, to ask um, another question on that. Yeah, so one, one of the things I really uh, like love about football and, and most other things is the rivalry. Mm. The fact that football can like depending on how much invested you are, if you're very invested in football, as an example, the highs are super high and the lows are super low. Yeah, but we want the highs to be super high. Mm. It was like that's like it's like if you wasn't as invested, the highs would be med- medium high and the lows would be medium lows. Like the more you invested, the more wider your highs and lows become. Yeah, and you got that mix of the rivalry of I believe in this and you believe in that and because you believe in that I must be against you and like we argue during the game but after the game we hug and high five <laughs> when I went to watch the Arsenal um, uh, not went to watch but we did like a watch long with um, Bob and mm-hmm. Umias. Um and it, I think it was like maybe four or five Man United fans and I think like six Arsenal fans or like probably less I think it was like maybe three Arsenal fans and we're all good friends and we all love each other whatever. but when the game happens we are enemies mortal enemies yeah. but temporarily I think that's the beauty in football is like your enemies, but temporarily. It's not mm. avoiding, the, like we must all be friendly and happy and love each other and never be, en- no, temporary enemies allows there to be a better relationship after. Yeah. I've made so many friends through football because they support another team. Mm. And because that bit of rivalry, and then when the final whistle blows, I make fun of you because more time United win. So when the final whistle blows, I'll make fun of you, then we go have fun and go get some food and now we create, create an re- amazing relationship. Mm. But it came from that, 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 that enemy mindset that was so temporary mm. and we all know it's temporary and there's nothing to do with football is just that kind of a community and relationship and environment that's what's that really really beautiful about football man and you can apply that anywhere else every other sport any other environment same thing applies but football is like one of the biggest ones mm. um, that's what has yeah I agree with that yeah 
I even lost my point. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I was just, I was trying to take it in, and it's just like, completely yeah, no, it's deep, 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 deep point, man. Yeah, no, no, this, this, this is going to ask you. Um, like watching a League Two game, I don't even know what League Two or Fourth Division is, and yeah, all of that stuff. But watching that game, can you tell that there's a skill difference between League Two and League One? Like, is that is it obvious yeah. or? Yeah, I mean, especially League Two to like, well, even like the World Cup was on at the same time, right? And. Yeah, but like, let's say even Championship, which is basically two leagues above, one beyond, uh, below the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, you realise the skill difference in terms of, I think, first of all, how in like League Two, the ball stays in the air a lot. Like, there's so many headers. Really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, whereas in... That like, sounds more entertaining already. <laughs> and also, the tactic is literally just like, hoof it. And, <laughs> and just see it and usually you get like one guy at the front who's really quick and he'll run the channels yeah. and you can just see a difference in terms of I think the variety of skill set on show and yeah. I think in League 2 it's it's yeah it's like number 9 is like old school 6 foot 2 hench and you just throw in the ball <laughs> yeah, and yeah. but also that's the, that's the beauty of it and you get like two footed tackles and whereas in the Premier League you see like there's you know, there's tactics and there's skill and there's and there's a variety mm. of like combinations and and people aren't just hoofing the ball. You know, like they're really it becomes more of a chess. It becomes more strategical. Yeah, there's like a methodology yeah. to it, and 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 or you see players doing little skills and or doing mm. you know third you know crossing thirty yard balls. What what about the acting skills though? Because like till this day, yeah, <laughs> till this day, yeah, I just feel like. Mm. If anyone wants to go to any drama school, they just yeah. sign up for a football team, and I think that's the, that's the fastest. No, no, yeah, yeah, you can't do that no more. Remember when yeah. David Luiz? Well, all of this acted like just rolling and just like, mm. oh, like I just, yeah, I, that's I, like, I always found that like interesting, man. Yeah, that's like the. I feel that comes from like the. It's a, it's to exaggerate the foul to ensure the ref. Yeah, you don't yeah. go down, you don't get the foul. That's, yeah. the, that's something very like inauthentic. No, but if you don't, uh, yeah, about, no, fuck, football fucking authenticity. If you don't drop, if you got kicked in the shin or kicked in the kneecaps and mm. you don't drop to the floor, you don't, you don't get foul. That's the best. I've seen many fouls where the player tries his best to stay on his feet and they don't give the foul. Mm-hmm. So dropping is like, it's like, yeah, I don't like divers. I don't like overreacting, whatever. But it's like you're playing to the rules. You don't choose the rules. You choose you choose how you play the game. Mm. Yeah. You're playing to their rules. According to their rules, you don't drop. You don't get foul. Mm. Yeah. Have and you seen um? There's, yeah. I'm, I'm bringing full ignorance right now. Who's that? Who's that famous player with long hair? Like he's, he's got everyone knows him. You give me more information. With long got a mustache. Hair. He's got a mustache and long hair. Yeah. There's a mustache and long hair. Come on, man. You lot must know him. I don't know me in 2020, 2020. It's like one of, he's, he's just a famous guy. Like it's just everyone knows him. David Beckham, no. Basically, I've seen a video of him getting stomped on the head and then he elbowed a guy on purpose. Later. Oh, it was Latin Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big nose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh? yeah. Swedish guy. Swedish, yeah. 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 Like you yeah. lot, you lot seen that video? No, he, uh, he, he's, he's different. Yeah, he's nuts. He's crazy. He got oh, yeah, stomped he went on the head. And just yeah, and then yeah. later he elbowed the he's, same um, guy. He's a professional. He's, I think it's a black belt in a couple more martial yeah, arts. Yeah, yeah. He's like a martial yeah, arts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no his way. goals are like very acrobatic goals. He scored a bicycle kick from outside the box yeah. against England. Oh, yeah, this guy is acrobatic as well. That's nuts. So one of the things I want to kind of go back on about you was talking about the whole pricing and how much people pay for the wages and whatnot. And I kind of think it's justified. Especially like mm. anyone that has a big name, you can't go to the shop. You don't get these luxuries of going to the shop and buying yourself a little, a one drink or something like that. You don't get those luxuries. Anymore. How much is an Arsenal T-shirt? <sighs> ninety, 90 quid, maybe ninety ninety-five. Yeah, I'd rather buy some FTX with that. Yeah, well. <laughs> and then with the FTX, <laughs> mate, yeah. and he's gonna laugh for at that because he was talking about like, <laughs> like so, he's like you still mm. probably believe that crypto is a Ponzi scheme. Obviously, I, I, I don't. mean, yeah, I don't know that much about it, but yeah, yeah. We, don't, we don't have to get into that conversation, anyways. But you, you seen like, the, F- like the FTX stuff? I like, to, yeah, the FTX thing. Yeah, is that the, yeah. the that was a scam, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Now that was a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, no, that was a serious Ponzi scheme. But it's 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 ridiculous, like how. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean by being just. I mean, it's justified in terms of like the logics of capitalism, right? Like the logic mm. of like how much money it makes. And no, but even like you as an individual, mm. like Leo, we're doing this podcast. You're now. In the public face, right? Yeah. Fast yeah. forward maybe five, <laughs> ten years from now. In front of two hundred people. What's it? The next fast, Joe Rogan. Fast, yeah. fast forward two hundred two. Leo Rogan. Leo Rogan. The Leo experience. That's sounds like a terrible. Yeah, that'd be quite good. <laughs> um, but fast forward like five, <laughs> ten years. That's the from best now. experience one can have in life. <laughs> like a, you, can, bro, you can't. Shit. You can't go to the shop. You can't walk mm. down the streets, or you can't go to a park no more. That's you, you can forget about that shit. 
all these luxuries you have of like you get all this fame, money, and whatever, but you you can't fucking. So when it comes to footballers, like their faces on the fucking screens regularly, especially mm. like Prem or World Cup players, their face is there. No. So they don't get the luxury of doing these simple things that we get to do all the time. And exchange, but you have to compensate somehow, and that's where the money comes in. And you go buy an island at like Epstein and do some dumb shit like that. Whoa! But regardless, that that those luxuries are out the out of the picture now. So you have to compensate somehow. That's and prison bait, chat, that man. Oh fuck! <laughs> regardless, but that, that's that's kind of my take on on like. So I take no responsibility for what this guy says. Are yeah, you still on that shit? But come on, move on. No, no, but yeah, I, fair I enough. No, I, I, I feel honest on it. Yeah. I feel honest on that. Mm. Cool, story. Cool, cool, cool story bro Cool story bro Alright here's a question for you yeah? No, yeah. Obviously I know you're someone that likes reading um, And mm. I feel like you've read a lot of good Interesting books from At least I don't know from You know I've known you for like a year or something now Yeah, over a year. yeah just over I year. think even within this period I know you I've seen you read at least four different books And you probably read way more than that Without me even seeing it um, mm. If you was to Recommend three books to the audience and the community that we've got, what three books would you recommend and where? Um, I, I kind of thought maybe that'd be like a sim. I thought maybe a question of that would. So I kind of thought about it on the train here, but um, oh shit, you knew it was coming. I just I thought like, <laughs> oh, if you ask about books, which one would I say? But I think there's a book. Depends what you like, right? But I think if for me, I read mainly nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for example, I would recommend. Shock Doctrine by Naomi Klein. She's like this Canadian author. And it's literally a book about, it's like a a book that tries to explain how neoliberalism, which is the form of capitalism that we exist in. So basically how money, free market is taking over the world and essentially Mm. tries to explain how free market, which is, yeah, what we live in right now, has taken over different countries and uses different case studies to like explain how banks and the need to allow foreign money to go into a country, basically local governments would get corrupted to allow foreign money to come into the country. Basically, Mm. that's the best way of explaining it. And she does like many cases. She talks about Guatemala, which is where like my dad's from and Mm. Latin American countries like Indonesia and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, Another one that I'd recommend is... Uh, it's called The Power of All the Prisoners of Geography by Tim mm. Marshall. And it's, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, so, it's so good to the point that he even predicted the Russia-Ukraine war. And essentially it looks at geography and how countries and the politics of countries are determined by the landscape. Mm. So, for example, it says that Russia, so I can't remember too much about the book, but, you know, you, you read a book or like a movie you might not be able to say the whole thing, but you just yeah, leave yeah. the feeling. That sounds really interesting. Mate, it's so good. It's, and it's uh, available like now, like it's easy to buy. But so for the example of Russia, it was, Russia is one long plane that has no mountains to protect it. So it has to be a really aggressive state because it's got mm. no natural uh, barrier. So it has to attack to, to, to keep its, its, its borders safe because yeah, there yeah. are no like natural <clears throat> barriers. Well, like for example, India and China have never had a war because of the Himalayas. Mm. And you can't, you just like, resource-wise, you can't take troops across the Himalayas. So that's, that's contributed to, to peace between the two countries. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. I, did, I never even thought about how landscape can play into all of that. Like, right. I know it's important, but not. So it like explains why, yeah, like when the US became, was, you know, when people discovered the US and then colonized it, it was just in the east, like the, the like the Anglo version of America, and then there was all like French and Mexico and Spanish mm. colonies, and that's why the troops, the Anglo-Saxons, were so determined to capture the wet, the rest of the country, so that they would have both sides of the coasts mm. under control. They couldn't leave one coast to be in a, a different country's, um, yeah, yeah, property. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Mad, and then the last one. Whew, I feel like I'm gonna do like politics deep books, but um, the other one I thought of is uh, it's called Rogue States by Noam Chomsky, and it's essentially if you read the media, right, you'll think that. Do you remember like 2001, 2003? There was that speech by Bush. who said 
the North Korea, Iran, and Iraq were like the trident of evil. I don't know if you remember that, but no, 2001, I was in Lithuania. Yep, fair so enough, man. Had other, <laughs> other things on your ra- other things on your radar. I don't know. I, don't, I was probably watching MTV, bro. Yeah, this fair enough. The 50 man. Cent in the club. MTV base. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I, yeah, I was in Lithuania at, at that point. I was fair not enough. into. I mean, I don't remember him doing it at the yeah. time, but just reading it. But anyway, he 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 singled out these three countries as like the. It's not something like the Triangle of Evil or something like that. Mm. And anyway, this book, it looks at how actually if we, basically those countries were determined to be evil based on like human rights, based on different factors. And this author is saying that actually if we judged America by the same criteria, they would be the evil state. Yeah. But the, the way the media works, we're sort of conditioned into believing that, that ooh, Iran and North Korea are evil mm. and we're the good guys. I mean, I, I don't see on some metrics, hundred percent. But yeah. I don't understand how people don't get that media is full of shit. Like most of the time, like propaganda, man. It's just yeah. But but listen, yeah, there's this element ending. of like there's there's something really like stupid about like being on a train and then picking up a newspaper and then reading something and going, oh yeah, I fully trust these people. Mm. Like you haven't even met who's written the article. Have you met the person who's written the article? Have you even understood what material they used to write the article? And it's like, mm. given the blind trust, like instantly saying, oh my God, it must be true because it's a newspaper. And it kind of gives it like, uh, they believe that it gives it some kind of validity mm. that it's a very, um, would be like a reliable source of information. It, it yeah. just, to me, it's just mind blowing. I've always questioned it. And I think now, especially with this, uh, with the, you know, Ukraine and, and Russia situation as well. Mm. Um, obviously, Again, I'm not necessarily like agreeing to what Russia's doing. Mm. I kind of feel like they've been kind of back in a corner. Mm. Uh, you know, how they're dealing with it is not the right way maybe, but yep. the whole like Soviet Union thing in NATO, right? It's like the agreement after Soviet Union uh, disbanded was like that they won't expand NATO. And then they, they expanded NATO and all the countries that they said it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, and then, you, you know, I started looking at all these things, but then on the news, it'll just say like, Mm. Oh, Russia's doing this and Russia's doing that. Russia's doing this, but no one's talking about mm. the prior agreements that mm. that happened globally years ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just it just it's, it's it's a negative place, man. Like, there's nothing yeah. positive in the news at all. Nah, I mean, yeah, I feel like it's just a it's a way to condition human beings to accept certain truths. Mm. And yeah, I think you're saying like why people trust it. I think it's just like I think it's a reassuring thing to to rely on, you know, mm. I think it, people, you know, people work hard or maybe don't work hard, but you know, most people work really hard and they don't have time. They've got kids and they've got all these things to worry about. And then you want to know what's going on in the news. So you just, you haven't got time to do the research mm. or you don't want to. And so you just pick a newspaper that follows pretty much what you believe the world to yeah. be. And then you just, you just put your faith in it. Right? Well, I, I use a, I use news as a, <clears throat> as a research prompt now. So like whenever mm. something comes out in the news, I'm like, cool, I need mm. to do some research. And you look because, for the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have the opposite or whatever it is, but I'm like, there's more to it. Mm. Whatever they're saying, it's not, that's not all it is. It's like, they're just obviously putting a narrative or a spin on what's happening, but it could be potential different reasons. Like, and I mentioned this before, like the Taiwan thing, it's like they produce like 90% of the world chips. Yeah. Um, you know, but then on the news, they'll say like, oh, China's about to, do this with Taiwan mm-hmm. and whatever, but actually they, they're just interested in it strategically. Yeah. Um, and there's all these different reasons for these like polit, you know, political games and stuff. Are you into politics? Cause I know, I know you said one of the things you want to talk about is politics, but. I mean, yeah, I find it interesting, but even if you, the, like, the books I mentioned were, yeah, sort of politically orientated and mm. I studied at uni. So yeah, I'm definitely interested in it. I'm not, not so much politics, like, you know, Government, parliamentary politics, and you know, Tories versus Labour. I'm not mm. too into that, but like international politics, foreign policy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. an expert at all, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. And is it is it more from and correct me if I'm projecting? Is it more from an angle of like <clears throat> understanding how they mm. sort of maybe like should use the phrase play games with each other? Or is yeah, is like it more interact of, with each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I studied international relations at uni, and and international relations is basically the theory of understanding why countries interact with each other the way they do. Mm. And you just essentially try and predict behavior of different countries based on history, based on like culture, socioeconomic stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, yeah. I'm even like, for example, even like America giving out loans that are dollar based. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when the dollar goes up, it's like people owe more money to America. Yeah. So like even that stuff is like, it's all fascinating and it's all intentional. Yeah. Like China giving out loans to mm. Africa and, you know, kind of like trying to sort of like get a grip of Africa. Yeah. So where do you get your where do you get your news from? Like if you if you say you don't really, well if you use where do you where do you do most of your research? If you, I'm quite interested in it's hearing. Gonna, it's going to sound funny. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, yep. Google. Um, there'll be like so when I hear something on let's say a particular thing, I then go and look into it furthermore. And obviously, you know, like at the end of the day, like I guess none of the information is always hundred percent correct. Yeah. Um, but there are like certain things that are up on there. Like for example, there's, you'll see some documents that are, you know, publicly published and mm. you can see those, those type of things. Those are, I feel like those are the most reliable sources of information. Yeah. Anyways, yeah like WikiLeaks and stuff. But there is no like, even like fact checking websites is, it's mm. even, they're not hundred percent correct. Yeah, so yeah. There is, there is an element of like, I guess like having theories or just, you know, a bit of judgment or whatever it is. So even I know like it's not always hundred percent correct. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah, man, I mean, yeah, I totally understand. Even the fact checkers, like you said, the websites, you find out that they're funded by like a particular group or, or you know, there's a lot of fact checking mm. during COVID that turned out to be incorrect afterwards yeah. and or a lot of theories turn out to be correct and stuff. And yeah, you can't. I always love that how people dealt with it after. And everyone goes, oh my God, I told you so. You see, you see this I was, was like that, man, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. yeah like, that. Through this day, like, bro, like I, I, I said this before a couple of times, yeah. Like when people were saying it's the 5G towers <laughs> spreading COVID, I was just no, like, People oh were actually burning towers. Yeah. Burning towers, yeah. I, I think, I think logically to me, what made sense, that was the best time for them to roll out the 5G towers because, you know, mm. there's no people out and about and... Yeah, it's easier for them to do the work. So everyone was assuming, yeah, because they're rolling them out, it must be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was, yeah, one of many theories that yeah didn't really hold yeah. up. But yeah, Man, the world is an interesting place. There's, uh, I think they're looking at now uh, introducing, and I'm, I might even have all of them correct at the moment. But they're looking at introducing three different types of like, uh, like I guess misinformation. So there's malinformation disinformation and misinformation and i'm still trying to understand all these three different things but they're starting to treat different types of information that isn't right, correct okay. in a different way right okay um and they say i think malinformation is just like you know like when someone's doing it maliciously obviously that's why it's called malinformation so yeah when someone's okay. spreading misinformation no like intentionally yeah intentionally yeah, yeah okay. rather than unintentionally but i find it all interesting because it's like a new thing i always I always wondered what's going to be the sort of like the countermeasure to internet which is like now everyone's got access to internet and people can just like share information mm. spread it and it's just i feel like to this day because innovation just happens like this and yeah. learning what it, what impact it creates happens way slower and i feel like to this day we're still learning how we're going to be countering that mm. even if it's i don't even know if it's even possible 100 percent. yeah i mean yeah the impact of technology is going to be scary like you know even you know like deep fakes Deepfakes, no. No, man. So deepfakes are basically, there's a technology where you can create a video of anyone and have them say things they didn't say or even do things they hadn't I done. I don't know what's called that, but I've seen it. I've seen someone create like a video of Trump saying something, but yeah. it's just another person. They did person that with and Obama and stuff. And yeah. yeah, man, I mean, who knows? Maybe we've seen a video that's been a deepfake already and no one knows. And yeah, probably. Yeah. How would we know? Yeah. I just... Maybe I'm a deep fake right now on this podcast. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But that's 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 the that's the interesting part. And it's just like, and I think this is like for me. I'm on a journey of figuring out like where do I draw the line? You know, where do I go? Like, oh, well, truth or just information? Yeah, just like I guess, and I, I you know, and I don't want to get into this whole like the truth is subjective too. But it's just like you mm. know, we have our truth. Yeah, and there's dead truth and. I think there's multiple types of truth out there. You know, someone's, I said this before, someone's truth is like, can be someone's lie. Mm-hmm. Or someone's lie can be someone else's truth. And it's just like, what is truth anyways? In, in, in the whole, like, aspect of what that means. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a question that has been, that philosophers have tried to answer for 
since cavemen, you know, yeah. like, well, probably not cavemen, but you know, for centuries. So, so I remember doing a man talk here, a five for peace. And there was, I can't remember what his name was, but this guy was one of the young people was speaking about, if you look at a bottle and you put it in the middle of the room mm. and everyone looks at it, everyone will be like, Oh, this is the bottle, but you'll describe the bottle by the angle you see it. Yeah. So then, you know, it'd be like the yeah perspective, and and yeah, it'd be oh that's my truth that oh it's a Coca Cola bowl, but then from the back maybe it's you know and mm. and uh, and I can't remember what we're talking about for him mentioning it, but I feel that that's relevant to the the truth thing, right? It can yeah. be yeah, truth is perce- is perception perception yeah. maybe, or perspective. So yeah, no, yeah, I yeah, I guess uh, I guess I guess they're both the same. Uh, that's why I always try to understand what's the difference between like perception and perspective. Mm. I guess perception is trying to make sense of like what you perceive to be true, mm. right? It's like what you understand and perception is, perspective is your own. I guess our own bias or lens that it, yeah. we look at things through, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I think to me perspective and, and even just getting on a philosophical conversation as well. I feel like a lot of people, and this is my experience, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of people miss or undervalue, misunderstand and undervalue perspective and what it is. Mm. Um, and I use, I, I utilize perspective as what it is. It's like, you know, the, the ability to see things from a different point of view. Yeah. And I think sometimes people forget that they have that ability to do so. Mm. Um, and when it comes to philosophy in itself as well, mm. I feel like people think that philosophy and life are two separate things. So it's mm. almost like, you know, like if I say, I don't know, what's a, what's a philosophical quote? Uh, a man has two lives. The mm. second one starts when he realizes he only has one. Yeah, yeah. that's one of my favorite quotes. That, yeah. And the craziest part, is, it's funny that I said it as well, but the yeah, craziest yeah. part about it, it's not just philosophy, it's actually very applicable. It can be applied to real life. Yeah, yeah. That's so, what good philosophy is, yeah. So, but that's the thing. But a lot of times, people make it. From my experience, they make it sound. They make philosophy sound like this thing that's not real or doesn't even apply, or mm. it's just a thing. It's like a myth, basically, like abstract. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I started realizing philosophy is life itself, which is really yeah, yeah. interesting, especially good philosophy. Yeah, hundred mm. percent. Yeah, it's trying to interpret yeah. the world and and make sense of it, right? What's what's your what's your favorite philosophy or philosophers? Um, I think one that it's I think about philosophy is a lot of it you got to really study and there's a lot of word vocabulary you have to learn and theories and it can be quite difficult but I think the one I overall really um, sort of align myself with is Nietzsche Nietzsche right he talks about nihilism Fred- Frederick Frederick Nietzsche yeah in Austrian or German I think and essentially talks about like nihilism he's the one that said like God is dead mm. and he talks <clears throat> about nihilism there's a few things and he's quite controversial because he was sort of adopted by sort of Nazi Germany so I think it's a little bit tainted to talk about him but he had some mm. points about about the fact that we live in a society and that was written in I don't know like 19th century and he was talking about how we live in a Christian so obviously in the west we live in a in a society that has Christian morals mm. but no one believes in God anymore right like truly because of because it was like during like science and Darwin and rationalism and so he was saying we're living in this society where we're not plagued but we're our, our our actions are dictated by morals which stem mm. from a, a religion that that people don't really buy into anymore yeah and so it, it causes this this um this lack of belief in anything lack of people lost their sort of you know back in the day people would just think my purpose is to is to is to serve god mm. and that thing in the west that died at some point and mm. So people just thought, oh, well, there's no, there's no afterlife, so let's just go yeah. for it. And yeah, so I really relate more to that. And, and, and he talks about, he's got another book called Beyond Good and Evil. And he talks about how good and evil are just human concepts. They're not mm. real. Like if you go into space, there's no good and evil. It's just between men that it exists. Yeah. I found that like, 
I couldn't really have, wrap my head around it too much, but just that notion of, oh yeah, like, because you know, sometimes it's like hunting, for example, people hate hunting, right? If you just went hunting for like, you know, like rich people go hunting for geese or whatever mm. it is, that's seen as evil. Mm. But if you're hunting to make food, to provide food, that's good. That's yeah. the dichotomy that that he questions, and I was it like, almost oh, become man. like labels to <clears throat> describe the action in itself. Yeah, it's like they get put that's, into yeah, yeah, and that's pers- that's perspective as well. I just yeah. found that like the, yeah. that that's an interesting point in general. I feel like there's labels. There's more than just good and bad labels. Like nowadays, there's labels for everything, and it's like people can put it's like I think even in a, in a sort of visionary sort of way, I'd put columns and labels, and it's like cool throw this into that label, that into that label, that and just there's so many different labels and I'm just I'm I'll be honest with you, I'm just tired of labels. Like there's so many different labels. I'm just like mm. how many more labels do we need to create to understand life? It's right, what as in do you think there's just do you think people try and cate- categorize people into too many things and um <clears throat> whereas I just I just feel like not everything needs to be labeled. I feel like I feel like what we lost so just going back on the conversation of like, you know, uh, that person saying that God is dead, sort of thing. Mm. Um, I think I think there'll be there'll be people that's going to dis- disagree with me, anyways. But I don't really mind. But I think mm. you became there's a possibility of being better than the religion that's there. So mm. <clears throat> I think humanity got to the point where like someone can go over limitations of religion, as in like being a better person, whatever the better person means, if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's when religion kind of like lost its value a little bit because someone goes, hold on, I don't need to be religious to do mm. all of that stuff. But what I find really interesting and I think this is what some people started realizing is that even though some people might not be religious mm. and they might not believe in God, if they learn how to enjoy the process of just living and just being present and all of the other stuff, it's like it doesn't, the life doesn't become meaningless or nihilistic anymore. Mm-hmm. Is because the whole point of life is like is to live. Yeah, it's like you know, if I go ask a tree, it's like you know, why are you alive? It's like the mm. tree will say, "I'm just living." You know, yeah, and, and yeah. I think sometimes with because we have this gift of gift and a curse of like thinking, and mm. I think that's what causes a lot of issues. It's like you make it more complex than it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, I think we just ask ourselves more questions than we can answer, and mm. that in itself, I think it's that inability to because we can't answer these big questions and these complex questions mm. and, and religion did answer some of the questions, like the big ones and you felt reassurance. And then yeah. I think that's where the nihilism bit comes in is those big questions come out and you go, Oh shit. Like what is life and what is, how mm. did we come about? And you know, is there any point in me being good or not? And yeah, just quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. But, that's the, but that's the thing. But when people draw back to, what if I just enjoy the process? Mm. Like, do I really need to know the answers or, you know, what happens if I just enjoy it? Is, isn't, you know, isn't that almost like a better way of living mm. instead of just asking the same question every single day that I can't even answer? You know, and, yeah, yeah. and it's me repeating the same question. It's, you know, it's like talking to a brick wall. <laughs> so it's almost like that. It's like asking, yeah, yeah, them, yeah. asking the world, it's like, how's your day? How's your day? How's your day? Every expecting single day, an answer, yeah. and expecting an answer. So not some, I just, I just believe that some things are not meant to be answered. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? And I appreciate it for what it is. So, for example, like to this day, sometimes I just slow down and I look at things around me, and I'm like, how fucking incredible it is that someone's created all of this, like this, yeah, yeah. this, and to this day, I still don't understand how internet works fully. As in, like, mm-hmm. I know how it works technically, but yeah, yeah. I just feel like. I haven't realized the full potential of what that means. It's like, how crazy is that we can record some kind of mm. noise or a yeah, pixel yeah, video and just transfer it and send it? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. insane. It's yeah, insane. Yeah, I agree, man. I think if you actually spend time thinking about, yeah, I think there's like a, there's a term for it. It's like absurd. Life's absurd in terms of like, mm. you can just, people just take for granted. Like, oh yeah, when I think about it when I'm on a plane, like when you're traveling on a plane and you, People get people complain like if if you're late if mm. a, if a plane takes off late or there's no food we go pay for the food and be think to yourself I'm on a I'm in the sky right now that's insane like humans have made a way where I can be traveling and I'll go from being in London to the Caribbean in like what eight hours 
Yeah, that's so long though. <laughs> it's long, but <laughs> I'm nice. not complaining. Like, but yeah, it's 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 still amazing. Eight hours just yeah, to yeah, go yeah. to the shop, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, that's what I mean. Like you just sometimes you just go be on the plane and go. I'm sat on a chair in the sky, and and most of you know ninety nine percent of humans will make it. Do you know what? Um, big up Aaron because Aaron said like I had this conversation with him, which was really interesting. And it was just like, we're saying like the car is like a, so he was saying that the car is like a sofa. It's mm-hmm. like you sit in a car and it's, it doesn't feel like, it's just, it's the same way. It's like if you sat down and mm-hmm. you turn on the TV yeah, and you flip through a couple of things. Oh, it, it takes a little bit more effort, of course, because you have to like pay attention and all of that stuff. But yeah. I mean, we're getting to the point where you can have a Tesla that's uh, autonomous. Mm. Uh, autonomous? Hey, autonomous, yeah. Self-driven. Driving, yeah. Yes, self, self-driven. Um, self-driven, yeah. So yeah, like we got to the point where like actually someone can sit down and press a couple buttons and sit. And then just yeah, and that's what you know. That's what airplane is. It's just like this ability to just stay somewhere mm. and be transported. Yeah, it's, man, mate, it's crazy. We don't have to like walk because you know back in the day walking, cycling, whatever it was. Yeah, mate, using mules. Yeah, now I just sit the fuck down and chill. You know what I'm saying? And pay like sometimes twenty quid return. Like yeah, sometimes yeah, not so. all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's mad. People should just sometimes you gotta look back and just be, or like be more in the in the moment and just be yeah. grateful. And then the thing, like I yeah. was a sperm cell at one point. Like man was literally swimming out there, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, one in a. My, what listen, is it, my one dad could have had a bash that day, <laughs> and I would have come out in that. You know what I'm saying? No, it's, it's actually crazy. It's true though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have come out there. Like man, would I would have never even been here in the first place. Just be yeah, swimming through the gutter, mate. Yeah. That's it. Just to, to exist and yeah, it's, it's actually yeah. incredible. Life yeah, is so man. beautiful, man. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, it's good to uh, be aware of that. Hundred percent. Well, yeah, man. Um, what would you say is one of your most important lessons in life so far? Like, what is it that you share with people? Actually, I was meant to ask another question. Anyways, I'll, I'll go for it, man. No, no, after, after, after this. One. Most important life lesson. Um, I don't know. Yeah, go on, man. Let me rephrase it. Yeah, what's the one thing you'd want your child to learn that if you'd think would be important in in his or her life? I got. There's one I always remember. My this is more of a jokey one, but I remember my dad telling me when I was in pri- like primary school, like year seven, and he was like, "Be nice to all the girls, mm. even the ugly ones," because some of them might turn out to be quite pretty when they're older. And if you're the only one that was nice to them, they'll be nice to you in the future. And as a joke, I think that's quite a good like analogy. So that always made me laugh. But I think in terms of general life- (laughs) That that is funny though. I'm I'm definitely teaching my kids that. Mate, definitely (laughs) a good one. Um, But I think otherwise, yeah, I don't know, life lesson. I think I've done a lot of therapy recently. And I think for me, it's just about, I think sometimes we, I think I lived my life a lot thinking I was like the protagonist of, of a story mm. or, the, or like, or the antagonist, like the bad person. And actually you just are, you and you just, you're living and end the day, if you, and that stopped me from doing so many things. Like I wouldn't do things in front of people because I'd be scared about, and be like, end of the day, no one cares. Yeah, no one Just do your thing, shit. man. And, yeah. and I think that's, yeah, that's probably the biggest one. Just, you are who you are and you're, you're, you know, you're worthy for what you do. And end of the day, if you fail or something, you'll, you'll get better. Or if you don't, you do something else. But yeah, yeah. I wish I'd sort of known that earlier. 100%. There is a level of like relief around that. Um, and like, you are the story. Mm. Like you are the story. Yeah. And, and I think, um, and I think in, in, in a weird way, like I've, I've started appreciating people for that even more it's just like i look at people like you are the story like you are your own universe and mm. you're sharing that universe with me and it's just like it's a beautiful thing yeah man you know what i'm saying yeah i feel like you always try and get to know people for who for who they are and people don't always i think sometimes try to people try and fit other people into their lives mm. in roles that they want them to act in yeah. and if you don't fit within that role then they won't even give you the time of day yeah yeah, that, yeah i feel like with you and a lot of people like five piece, I felt that that it doesn't matter what role you play, as long as you have that good energy, you'll be accepted. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's a good thing, man. 
Definitely, man. I yeah. think, um, yeah, I, I started living my life in um, in a way of, and, and and it comes from a quote, which is, not it's not looking at people for what it can do for me, but it's looking at people for who they are. Mm. And, and I think nowadays in, in, in the current society, there's a lot of like, what can someone do for me sort of thing? Like, let me be friends with that person mm. because of what they can do for me. It's like transactional. Yeah, and yeah. it's just, and you know what, in, in a weird way, I find it, Quite sad. Have you ever um you watched or read uh, Mice and Men? Uh, no, I actually Men. haven't, but I know what you're talking about. So yeah. I've, I've the only reason I'm bringing it up because that's something I had to study in school. Mm. And I didn't even understand English at that point, anyways. But I started clocking it like my last year of school. But but anyway, um one thing that stood out for me in that story of Mice and Men is that Lenny and the other guy, I can't remember his name now. Huh? George. Yeah, Lenny <laughs> and George is that the relationship that he had and. They were describing as if they were living in times where everyone was out there for themselves. Mm. And George and Lenny had each other. And that sort of bond, like, to me, stood out quite a bit. And then I was mm. reflecting about, like, more and more as a reason. I was just like, actually, what they described in that story of everyone being out there for themselves, like, I see that a lot mm. in my day-to-day life. Yep. Like, I see that with people. And it's just like, some people are, like, really would, would, would cut throw be the right word. It's like maybe selfish. Um, yeah. Or like backstab, or even like backstab, or maybe that's a bit too far. But Yeah, and it's just of. like, and I, and I see that, man. It's just, and, and to me, I was just like, look, you know, like, I'm, you know, I think, I think there's a combination, there's different elements of maybe, you know, parenting or mm. society or experiences or hurt people, hurt people, whatever it is. But it's like, my thing is just like, can't we just rise above the experience? It's mm. like, still be better than the experience. Like, we all make mistakes and, yeah. It's happened, you know. I, I was actually thinking about what you said just now in terms of I noticed it. Like, you know, you go on the tube, and if it's a busy day and the doors are about to close, and it's like mad packed, like early in the morning, people will push you out of the way to get in onto the tube, yeah. regardless of like I've seen people like push old people about just to get on that tube. But I think that's like a good analogy of people if they need to get somewhere they'll yeah all this cooperation like we're here for each other just goes out yeah. the window and you just go for it so yeah, yeah i think that yeah and no, no one gives a shit and, and the thing is if that was and this is this is why empathy is like super important if that was like maybe i don't know the dad or someone mm. that's being pushed out of the way you get vexed <laughs> yeah they'll get vexed but also i think they would understand what that means and mm. I, I think the behavior changes a little mm. bit or if that's a person they had a conversation with yeah, they wouldn't be pushing them out of the way. I think there's a there's mm. a little bit of defense of, I don't know this person, so I can do mm. that. Right, like, yeah, that's so true. I think, yeah, because I think especially I I think you find that way more in London than you do. You mm. know, when you go out of London and you go into like small villages or small towns, mm. everyone's well not always, but some random person will say hi to you on the street. Yeah, and as a Londoner, yeah. you know, what do you want from me? Yeah, yeah. but. It's, yeah, it's just normal, man. People yeah, just yeah. oh yeah, how you doing? And you're like, yeah, I'm all right. How, who are you? Yeah, when I was living in Fishguard Way, just down the road, um, there's, there was this guy in the morning. They used to say hello to me. I'm like, what the fuck does this guy want, man? Yeah, yeah. It's like that's a London mentality. Yeah. You just think it's transactional. Yeah, like, he must be asking me how I'm doing because he's gonna sell me something. Or yeah, yeah. Or it's just and then when I started saying hello to random people myself, I was like, actually, this guy didn't want anything. He was saying hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I was doing as well afterwards. Yeah, but listen. Since we're since we're backwards, and we just our starting question comes in towards late or towards the end. Um, what I was meant to ask you earlier is, mm. what's the one thing that people should know about you, and how do you get your feeling of importance? One thing people should know about me. Yeah, that's a mad one. Um, <laughs> I don't know, mate. I think. Um, I think for for me, I think when I when I meet people, I just think people should know that that I've come a long way. I think I think people will forget about that for many people. Like mm. it's not even just how old you are. Sometimes it, it can happen to you young, but people sometimes it's taken a long way for them to be who they are. Mm. I think for me, that's one thing. Because on the outside, you might think you know, he's got everything going for him. Well, not the haircut, but you know everything else there. You know, <laughs> on the on the surface, be on the surface, be but on the surface, surface, it's like, oh mate, he's got, you know, he's got a decent job, like healthy, all these different things. But 
but there's work that comes behind that. So I think mm. I'd always want to to show that in World's One, like what makes you important. And then what what gives you the feeling of importance? Like, like worth, I think like, I think honestly, like these sort of conversations, mm. like I love getting to know people, I love that was, and I think me being able to also, like I, what I love reading is because I can then share that with someone afterwards. Okay, like it's not for just for me, it's just, it's about, and it's about sharing perspectives and learning about other people. And that's why I love traveling and that's yeah. why I love football. And so I think what gives me that importance is, that's why COVID lockdown was so difficult because mm. you're just by yourself and, and you had to interact over like Zoom or, mm. but I think, yeah, for me, what gives me importance is, yeah, being able to, to I read something and I want to share it and be, oh, you know, this article, or I read this theory and, and then equally hear it back from someone else. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I think I think you're a very important person for people in general when it comes to that. I think just mm. having the gift of being able to have those conversations and also being able to just sort of do your own learning about the world and then share that with other people. Because some people don't care about it, you know, they don't want to learn about the world. Yeah. They don't give a shit. They're just like... Yeah, no, it's true, man. Yeah. I mean, these sort of conversations that like what you guys are doing and just talking about, yeah, I think like abstract things... Mm. I think a lot of people now have to have a conversation that, that has to involve them somehow. Yeah. But actually having a conversation about, oh, what, I mean, not so much what you think about something, but it has to be like, I did this, therefore I will talk about it. Yeah. Whereas these conversations where it's like, oh, what do you think about the media or what, well, what do you think life is? That is yeah. what I value a lot more than, oh mate, okay, you opened a new business. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think I think um, it's interesting you say that is because like I think I describe it as a reminder to life. Like I think this podcast or conversation, whatever you, whatever yeah. the title is or the label is, it's, it's it's a reminder to life, which is like there's like life is beautiful. It's already a gift, and I'm not trying to sound like this hippie or whatever. Mm. And even if I do sound like that, I don't mind. That's cool as well. Yeah, because people receive me in different ways, anyways. Because I do understand that there is a line between certain things that are not always roses and all of that stuff. There's some crazy shit that happens in life, you know, yeah. and you have to deal with that. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's, I think this is just a reminder for how beautiful and amazing it is to even exist mm. in the first place. And then how we also get to exercise the ability to have choices within the environments we didn't even pick. Mm. You know, it's like the thing mm. I was just like, we didn't pick these environments, but we get to navigate through that. And I'm like, I find that exciting as well. Like that's that's an exciting thing to do. Mm. There's a little bit of like, I have this approach now in life, which is a bit like, let me play with it. Let me just, let me have fun with it. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? You know, even in in, in some intense like situations, I'm like, let me just have fun with it. And I use that as a switch. Um, yeah, it's powerful, man. Yeah, it's quite nice. I think you also like through these conversations and these podcasts and even the way, especially like, I feel like the way you carry yourself, I think you have conversations with people from different backgrounds. Mm. And, you know, like we both lived in London for maybe, I came here at 15, don't know when you came from a different country. Mm. And it's like, we lived in the same city, but we probably had completely different ways of living in what's like, we had the same prime minister. We, you know, yeah. we got Gregs, and we all use pounds. <laughs> yeah, but the way you see London must be completely different to how I see it. And yeah, yeah. You can have these conversations. That's the beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Like when I came to, I'd never been to Newham before, and when I heard, you know, just speaking to to people and and just hearing about the perspective about London, I'm like, mm. like you know, I never. And Newham had is to a worry crazy about any place. Of that. Yeah, Newham is a crazy place, man. Yeah, I mean, I was walking down the stairs yesterday, and there was a cracker just smoking crack on the stairs. Yeah, I mean, a lot of deprivation, yeah. man. Sucks. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even trying to say anything like kind of funny, but it's real life. That's and, um, yeah, and the craziest part is, you know, that the door that we have, it's obviously it's a fob door, but it's been broken for the last like I don't know, like five days or something. So oh, people are just getting in because it's warmer inside. Mm, um, shit. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I was like, you're right. And it was just, yeah. Yeah, it was just like, yeah. And it just kept it moving. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's, yeah. And it's just, that's that's an experience that most people have never had. Mm. You know, like where I moved to in London or where I'm from in France, even like you'd never, see, never seen that before. Or, and, and that's, and 
you know, there's value in you having experienced that and you could, and, you know, you could bring a perspective to the table that most yeah. people can't. And yeah, it's a shame that it doesn't happen more often. I'm, I'm wondering if even like saying, like calling someone a crackhead, <laughs> even if they are a crackhead, like, mm. well, I don't know if they are a crackhead, but if that's even like a, like a demeaning thing, you know, like what does that even mean? Um, mm. That's a whole different, you know, is, is he a drug addict or is he... <laughs> Is he someone that's suffering from yeah. something? You know, what I'm trying to say that there's all these different layers of it, and it's just like I was mm -hmm. just like I even checked him in myself, and I was just like, why did I call him a cracker? It's just like that sounds a bit like disrespectful. Mm. That's someone point, that's going through you pain. know intense pain in life. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, addiction is pain, right? Mm, as well, so mm. that's what I mean, man. A lot of people would see that and not even would call someone a cracker, and they wouldn't even question themselves about but whereas I think if you've been through if you've experienced people suffering from addiction mm. you you you're aware of that right you're aware of the words you say you're aware of what words mean mm. in the way that if you haven't experienced addiction or seen someone with it you wouldn't so you'd be yeah. like oh, he's a crackhead man mm. like you'd even call people who aren't crackheads crackheads yeah and yeah. I think yeah. and I think uh, not to justify I think for me and and you know this is why learning about ourselves is really important. And I think for me, it's almost like a defense mechanism. It's like if I get to make a joke about something or mm. whatever, I disconnect from it a bit more, so I don't have mm. to be as invested into it. Which is like it's a good learning. It's a good learning to have, you know, because I can so like humor is like a coping mechanism. Yeah, like oh. it's just like you know it's easier to make a joke about it. You yeah. know, it's like if, you know when someone like let's say someone's skateboarding and they just fall off the skateboard. It's, it's harder to kind of emphasize and go like, you know what, I, I kind of feel for you. But it's mm. easier to just go, ha ha, you fell off the yeah. skateboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean like most popular videos on YouTube are like fail compilations. People yeah. falling over and hurting themselves. Yeah. But then taking it's a little easy. bit of time to go like, hmm, I wonder how this person feels in that oh, yeah. moment. Which is also cool. Like it's okay, we can look like idiots and we just move on, you know. But, mm. but sometimes there's situations where like people would laugh at someone and maybe that's not the best response that you can give to that person. Yeah. You know, as, as a courtesy of connecting to that person. Um, but yeah, man, listen, before we freeze to death. Um, yeah, yeah. It's cold and today it's snowing. It's actually what, what beautiful day to even do an episode yeah. on as well. No, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you uh, invited me over, man. Listen, I appreciate you for, number one, for coming down today. Yeah. Uh, number two, I appreciate you as a person in general. And I love the way your mind works. Appreciate it, man. And we'll, we'll need to do a part two at some point um, to make it a bit more formal. So we usually ask everyone, you know, if there's anything they want to promote. So I don't know if you want to, if you've got anything you want to promote or, or just, it's, it's just promote. a formality that we have on the podcast. Yeah, no, I haven't got anything to uh, to plug, but um, nah, got nothing to plug really. Just I haven't got anything on socials or, yeah. I think about it, I don't do that much outside yeah. of work, but yeah, they think promote, just read books, man. <laughs> I like that. That's it. Really. And if, if, if anyone wants to connect with you, they can just hit us up and then we'll put them in touch. Yeah, for sure, man. Always got we, recommendations. Had, yeah, we had scenarios where sometimes people want to connect with someone, so. Yeah, yeah, 100%, um, man. And, and the question that we ask every single person, and I don't even know if those stats are real, because that's just, you know, who knows yeah, how many man. people are in the world. But huh? <laughs> Is it eight point one now? Huh? No, it's eight. It's eight, bro. We reached eight, you know. Bro, you stop. You said it yourself. You waste, man. Uh, anyway, all right. So when you get a chance to say something to eight billion people, what would you tell them? What I tell eight billion people? Yeah. Man, these are good questions. Uh, what would I tell eight billion people? I feel like uh, so many things I would say I feel privileged to be able to even do but uh, something as simple as just like hey talk to someone new every day man mm. like, for example like I work in a new place now another charity called Football Beyond Borders check them out uh, mm. but there's like a um, coffee place run by this Colombian woman and yeah I speak Spanish and I just wanted to she was serving me coffee, working bare hard, and I was just, oh, let me just have a chat. And we just chatted for a little bit. Mm. She'd tell me where she was from, 
had a bit of, you know, spoke about coffee, whatever, and then just left. And I was like, oh, I learned something new about someone. So I yeah. felt like if you can talk to someone new every day, like bus driver, whoever, man, bus driver, shopping assistant, like mm. someone you work with, I feel like you, anywhere, even if that conversation doesn't go well, you just speak to someone new, new perspective. And mm. yeah, I think that'd be, that's the only thing I can think of right yeah. now. But And they get to build the ability to have those conversations in general. Yeah. And people, and then other people seem less scary. So. Yeah. But yeah, hundred percent. Some people are scary though. I'm just yeah, some people are. Man, <laughs> some people are scary though. But yeah, 100%. man. Um, yeah. On that note. Cheers, man. I'm grateful, man. Cheers for having me, bro. This was uh, long over with you. So. Yeah.